Hello and welcome to another installment of JP Morgan's Global Data Powered Podcast. This is Hiroshi Ugai, Chief Japan Economist from JP Morgan, and I'm joined today by Ayako Fujita, Senior Japan Economist. Today, we will examine whether Prime Minister Kishida's new wage policy can accelerate wage growth in Japan. In Japan, unlike other DM economies, wages have barely risen over the last 20 years. And accelerating wage growth has been a policy issue since the time of pandemics. This time, the government claims that raising wages will lead to the next round of economic growth. And the Bank of Japan also sees it as a necessary condition to ensure a sustainable rise in CPI inflation to the price stability target of 2%. But raising wages through policy intervention is a rather unique policy for DM economies. Does this make sense in light of the objective? Well, in Japan, the cooperation between the government and Japanese firms to raise wage growth has been conducted since the start of economics, but it has not worked well. Cooperation to restrain the increase in wages, the opposite of what occurred in the economics period, was conducted after the oil crisis in 1979, thereby preventing the acceleration of inflation in 1980, even though oil prices soared. Attempting something like this has been rare in other DM countries like the US, but there was a well-known example of President Nixon introducing wage and price control in, in 1971, while allowing the money supply to expand rapidly and this eventually failed. Usually, the government's attempt to restrain firms' activities without controlling macroeconomic conditions would not work and would be inappropriate. However, this attempt can make sense if the government's big push is necessary to exit the bad equilibrium where a farm is better off not changing wages if other firms maintain their wage-setting behavior. So what specific measures has the government prepared this time? Uh, the government plans to implement four measures in the fiscal year 2022. That is strengthening the tax incentive that allows a tax discount of up to 30% of the increase in total wages for large firms and a tax discount of up to 40% for small firms to raise wages emphasizing Kishida's expectation of an over 3% rise in wages, which means a little over 1% excluding the regular wage increase to farms, favorable treatment by the government in the procurement of goods and public works, and an increase in government-determined wages of caregivers, childcare workers, and nurses. Can we assume that these measures are likely to work this time? We believe that for the third measure, the amount of favorable treatment for government contracts will be small. And regarding the fourth measure, the number of workers like caregivers and childcare workers is limited so that the macroeconomic impact of those two measures should be small from the beginning. Thus, it should be worth paying attention to the first measure and the second measure. The first measure, the tax incentive, has been in place since 2013, and this time the size of the tax reduction increased. However, to raise the profits of farms that are increasing total wages, a roughly 70% tax reduction would be needed. 
without such drastic reform that deviates substantially from the norm of free market capitalism, firms likely will be cautious in using this tax incentive because they regard wages as fixed costs in Japan. Indeed, the number of firms using these tax incentives has risen to only around 4% of all firms over the past nine years. An announcement similar to Kishida's announcement that he expects firms to raise wages by more than 3% was also made during Abenomics, and then Prime Minister Abe boldly requested even 4%, but the total cash earnings peaked in fiscal year 2015 at only 2.2% year on year. All told, in our view, these measures are an extension of what Abenomics had been attempting to realize since 2013. During the second oil shock, the government and firms shared the mutual interest in constraining wage growth, and thus cooperation was relatively easy. By contrast, at the current juncture, the government's direct interest in raising wages doesn't match the firms, and these measures are not a big enough push to overturn the conflicts of interest. Therefore, favorable macroeconomic conditions or aggressive price-setting behavior to allow the acceleration of wage growth under solid economic rules will be needed and important for all those measures to be effective. Now, what exactly are the macroenvironment conditions that allow firms to raise wages? And does the current macroenvironment meet the conditions under which firms can accept the large wage increases? Uh, weakness made the room Japanese firms have to raise their wages from their labor income share. The gross national income based labor income share rose to a historical high in 2020, in part reflecting Japanese firms' labor hoarding supported by the government during the pandemic, which limits the room to raise wages. As economic conditions normalize, the labor income share should decline to play pandemic norms and some room for wage increases remains. But this suggests only limited, if any, room for further acceleration of wage growth. In addition, based on international standards, Japan's labor income share is higher than those in Europe, but lower than that in the US. If the government's measures have characteristics to change firms' norms about wage costs, this suggests room for further rises in wages but they are an extension of what Abenomics had done since 2013, thereby not changing firms' norms with them. Therefore, we believe strengthening growth is needed before strengthening income redistribution to enlarge the sources to distribute income more. If so, a significant wage increase seems unlikely in, this, in the coming fiscal year. Then, from a different perspective, if firms can raise output prices and secure corporate profit, there will be ample room to raise wages. But is there any sign that Japanese firms are changing their pricing behavior to that extent? Indeed, in the US, firm, in the US firms are aggressively raising their output prices, and we are concerned that wage growth may accelerate them too much. Even in Japan, since the current rise in import prices is so large, next to the second oil shock, we expect the cost pass-through ratio of firms likely will rise more than the cost average of low pass-through. However, 
it is still difficult to forecast they are raising the pass-through ratio enough, such as the 100%, which actually occurred in the early period of abenomics, to accelerate the increase in wages despite the pressure from the profit squeeze resulting from the rising input prices. Furthermore, Japan's labor market has not been sufficiently tightened like those in the US and Europe. While in the US and the Euro area, the unemployment rates declined below the Nile, in Japan, the unemployment rate is 2.8%, relatively higher than that before the pandemic. As labor holding by firms should continue for the time being, we'll be focused the labor market will not reach the strong labor scarcity soon. I think 2017 and early 2018, when the economy faced severe labor shortages and total cash payroll rose 1.7% over the year, presented a good opportunity for wage increases. But the window of opportunity crossed in the second half of 2018 as the economy turned to the recession with the US-China trade friction and the 2019 consumption tax hike followed by the pandemic. We currently expect the Japanese economy to achieve high economic growth rate this year and the next year. In such an environment, what are the chances for wage growth to accelerate? Though we expect the Japanese economy will continue to grow at above potential for the coming two years, we don't expect the unemployment rate to decline to a sufficiently low level with the delay in the economy, economic recovery last year compared to those in the US and Europe and the firms labor hoarding. To accelerate the wage growth, the labor shortage needs to continue sustainably and the unemployment rate needs to be to at least 2.2%, the lowest level before the pandemic. We think it will take time to achieve this. Other possibilities may include raising growth expectations or raising labor productivity through the aggressive introduction of digital transformation. Of course, raising growth expectations seems difficult in the face of a shrinking population, but to what extent can we expect higher wage growth through investment in digital transformation or an other intangible asset? Indeed, it is difficult to raise growth expectations for domestic mar markets given the long-lasting population decline. We can see bright signs of increasing decarbonization investment that can exceed what's justified by rational growth expectations. And this can be expected to be an engine of growth, but it's highly uncertain whether this can raise Japan's potential growth. However, the government's and the firm's attempts to raise productive growth is all important, as you said, and the investing in intangible assets is recognized by academic studies to raise productivity. That said, intangible investment stocks accumulated so far have paled significantly in Japan in comparison to those in the US. We now see signs in Japan of accelerating investment in BX, but this is still insufficient. If this raises the productivity of the Japanese economy significantly, we could expect wage growth to accelerate, but the current investments are insufficient. To sum up, it seems unlikely that wages will rise significantly in 2022 as a result of the government measures. Recently, there are growing expectations in the market that inflation will rise this time, leading to the BOJ's lift up, 
but it seems to be still too early to expect a sustainable rise in consumer inflation accompanied by higher wages. That's true. We don't expect Japan's wage growth will accelerate soon as a result of the government measure, many measures. Seeking more economic growth would contribute more to wage growth, implying that the longest way is the shortest way. If this materializes, a country with a long-lasting population decline like Japan could realize a labor shortage easily. Therefore, it is better to conduct policies in this direction than incentivizing wage growth directly. For the BOJ's mindful policy, when wage growth accelerates, this would heighten the likelihood of achieving 2% inflation sustainably. Great, thanks for that in-depth discussion of the effect of government wage policy on wage rise in Japan. And thanks to everyone who joined today. We look forward to having you join us again on JP Morgan's Global Data Pod. This communication is provided for information purposes only. Please refer to JP Morgan Research Report related to its content for more information, including important disclosures. 2022 JP Morgan Chase and Company, all rights reserved. This episode was recorded in January 2022.